Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. Uh, I am Courtney, if I haven't had a chance to meet you. Um, Noah and I, we uh, lead citizens here with a sick team of other small group leaders and rec team and welcome team members. There are some people here who just love hanging out with you. Uh, and so we are super excited. It's Wednesday. It's the best time. Leah, with the table chair. It's okay. We all feel it. We all feel it. Uh, how's everybody doing? Like lifometer. I feel it. Like the room, man. The room. Ed is all thumbs up. He's ready to go. Whoever is in the sixth grade small group today is going to have a great time. It's going to be fun. Um, so, hang in there, because spoiler alert, there may be a slice of Costco pizza waiting for you. Ooh. But here's the deal. You got to stick with me, okay, for the next, like, 30 minutes, okay? So, phones in pockets. If your neighbor has a phone, smack it into their face. It's my favorite thing to do. Okay, if you see their phone come out at any time, just, like, smack it into their face, Okay. Uh, have your notes out, Bibles out. Um, there are Bibles in the seatbacks in front of you. We are in James chapter 3. Here we go. Are you locked and ready to go? Ah! <laughs> Bring a pen every week. It's good. All right, so I have a question for you. Um, where do you go to when you need advice? Where do you go to when you need advice? So you have a thing that you're trying to figure out, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, where do you go to when you need advice or help or trying to figure something out? Do you go to, like, do you immediately think of a friend? You're like, man, that is the wisest person I know. Like, if I ever need, like, workout advice, I immediately talk to Stacy because she's, like, my workout guru. Um, If I need help making a bathroom, I call Ed because he's building a bathroom right now. (laughs) Uh, Do you turn to the ever-faithful and ever-present Google, the googly, or maybe YouTube videos. Like I've seen people do entire home renovations just using like YouTube videos. It's amazing. Um, other, like I had some students who were telling me that like they couldn't ever delete their TikTok because they wanted to learn how to cook. It's like it's a weird reason <laughs> to want TikTok, but like they learn like recipes on TikTok. That's what Pinterest is good for for me is cooking things. Where do you go to when you need advice or you need help? Um, I am constantly known for diagnosing myself with a fatal condition by Googling my symptoms, right? I always have some kind of fatal disease. Um, Anybody else like WebMDers? No, because you all have mommies, that's why. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. But, okay, so some advice, some things you find are really good, some things are not so good. Like, I don't have lupus. I'm pretty sure I don't have lupus, right? Like, some advice is not good, but how do you know what's good advice? How do you know what's helpful? How do you know what's wisdom? Like, the best, or the best advice I ever got in my whole life, I'll give it to you for free, never evaluate your life 
whilst hungry. <laughs> yeah? Ask my spouse or my friends. If I'm hungry, I'm like, what are we doing with our lives? What is even the purpose of anything? I don't even know who I am. And then, like, they shove a piece of pizza in my face, and I'm like, life is so good. <laughs> you know, like, that was my best. The worst piece of advice I've ever received, the worst, don't do this, the worst advice I've ever received was when you have allergies, and allergy season, anybody dying right now? The worst advice I've ever received is when you have allergies, use a neti pot. Do you know what a neti pot is? It's like a hot water salt tea kettle you pour down your nose and it like runs out one side into the other. It's like the worst. I had so much mucus in my nose that it created like a vacuum suction in my face and I couldn't see for days. It's like torture. Don't use a neti pot. Ugh. Anyway. I'm very passionate about neti pot. My spouse likes to use the neti pot, and every time I'm like, you're going to die. I'm going to watch. Oh, man. Anyway, sorry. There's bad advice out there. There's good advice, right? We're told to just do it. Think positive. Hustle hard. Be kind. Drop negative thoughts. I don't know. Like, let go of the negative. Let go of the negative people, right? There's tons of advice out there, and a lot of it sounds really good. Like, think positive seems positive, right? <laughs> There's a lot of good advice out there. There's also a lot of bad advice out there. Um, so how do we know someone or something is worth listening to? How do you know if it's advice worth taking? There's a ton of advice there. I used, this is not in my notes, I used to work at the library, yes, and the quote of the librarians, the librarians, was Google can bring you back a million results, but the librarian can bring you back the right one. I know. I know. Someday when I'm like 80, I'm going to work at a library again. It'll be great. Um, how do we know if it's the advice we're taking? So think about this. Take a moment. Think about your life. If you're hungry, I apologize because I'm breaking my first advice rule. But you're going to have pizza later, so hold on. Think about your life for a moment. And think about the most like, pressing issue in your life right now. Like the thing that you're like most stressed about. The thing that makes you the biggest heartache or the worry or like the biggest like I have no idea what to do-ness, right? So think about that thing and you've come to the end of yourself. You're like, I've thought through like all the points, you know, and I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. And is there somebody out there who's like experienced what I've gone through or like knows what I've done or like has done what I'm trying to do? Like, is there anybody I can talk to? And like you find that person. Happens to have gone through the exact same situation like 10 years ago. They know exactly what you're going through. And you begin to just like pour it all out. You get them to spill it all out on them. You're like, here's my life. And you like have no idea why you're telling them everything, but you're telling them everything. And you're like, you know, I don't know. Like, what if I do this? And then this happens. What if I don't do that? And then that happens. But what if that happens? But then that happens. And then I have no idea what to do here, right? You're just like, I have no idea with my life. Like, please tell me. Like, help me. Like, what if I say this to this person? Or what if I ruin that relationship if I speak up? You begin to just tell this person everything in your life and you can tell them your whole life story, and then the moment comes, you finally stop talking, and you're like, and they begin to respond to you. They open their mouth, and they get ready to talk. How do you know what they're about to say out of their mouth is actually going to be helpful? We're gonna see, we're gonna have a dialogue with the text tonight, and we're gonna see two types of responses that can happen to you in that moment. You're asking for wisdom, you're asking for advice, and the wisdom comes back to you, we're gonna see two kinds of responses, and we're gonna see, man, this was good wisdom, 
This is not so good wisdom. This is not helpful. And so if you um, are new this week, uh, we are in the middle of a book called James. Uh, James is a book in the Bible. It's a letter written by a dude named James who was related to Jesus. Um, And James is writing a letter to Jewish Christians who are spread out all over the known world at the time because they're facing persecution for what they believe. And they have to flee and run. And James is like, James is so in your face. Like, he's like, don't do this, do this. If you do this, you're like Satan. If you don't do this, then you're, you're just like, you just called me Satan, what? Like, James is like so upfront. And so today we are continuing James um, in chapter three, verse 13. So tonight, um, we played Where's Waldo earlier, and tonight we're gonna play Where's Wisdom. But here we go. Verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is, shown, is sown in peace by those who make peace. So here we are. We're going to learn about wisdom tonight. But we've got to remember what chapter we're in, right? So we're in chapter 3. And last week, uh, Noah talked about the first half of chapter 3, but the opening lines of chapter 3 are actually really important to today's message, too, because he opens up chapter 3, and he says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So those who are guiding people, spiritually or otherwise, they're teaching people, they're leading people, they're going to be judged more strictly by the things that come out of their mouth. So last week we talked about like your words can build people up and bring life or they can tear people down and bring death. You ought not to bless and curse at the same time, right? Our words are so important. And it continues to tonight's passage. Like our words are so important and how we give advice, how we give wisdom is really important because we could lead people in the wrong direction, right? Um, So he... Last week, he was like, watch what you say. And this week, he just asked a straight-up question. He's like, who's wise and understanding among you? Like, who in here thinks they're wise? I'm going to do a quick, awkward experiment. On the count of three, I want you to point to who you think is the wisest person in this room right now. Think about it. (laughs) Don't point yet. It's on the count of three. Hold on. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, Jenny just Jesus juked us all. She's pointing at the sky. All right, all right. Look around for a moment. Is anybody pointing at you? (laughs) All right, you can put your fingers down. Put put your fingers down. (laughs) All right, so James is saying, James is asking the same question. He's like, who is wise and understanding among you? Like, who in here thinks they're wise? Who has wisdom to give? And he says, prove it. Like, prove it to me. Like, let them show it by the result of their wisdom being good things. Let them prove it to us. And so, 
Just like in the previous passage, James was like, hey, your faith is shown that it's legitimate by the works, the good works that comes from it. Our wisdom is shown that it's good by the actions, the results, the fruit that comes from that wisdom. And man, many of us like, may boast about the advice that we give to our friends. Like, I recognized this when I was in like, middle school, early high school, I somehow became the person that like, everybody came to needing advice and help. Like, I almost went into um, the field of counseling because I was like, I'm already counseling all of my friends right now, and I'm like 12, so <laughs> I might as well figure out what I'm doing, right? So some of us are like, you, like are, you feel proud. They're like, you're the person that people go to when they need advice or when they need help, or all of us have people that we go to advice for, right? And so we want to know if we're doing something that's worth it, if we're getting advice that's worth following, if we're giving good advice, if we're receiving good advice. Um, and so, as you think through that area I was talking about earlier, like the thing that you really need help with, the thing that you really need advice on, as you think through that, um, we're going to look at these two kinds of responses to your need for advice and see what, what the results are. So it's, Verse 14 says this. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Wow. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. James, demonic? vile practice, he's not cutting any corners. He's being very straightforward with us to tell us that worldly wisdom wages wars. Worldly wisdom is all about waging wars. First of all, notice that this wisdom is still called wisdom. Right? It's worldly wisdom. It's still called wisdom. So it may look like wisdom. Like it looks really smart. It looks really good. It looks like it knows exactly what it's talking about. You're like, hmm, maybe this will actually work out. It, it seems like it has all that you need, um, but the outcome may not be the outcome that you're hoping for. So as you get ready, you have all this turmoil inside of you, and you get ready to like share this thing with the person you're getting advice from, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to tell it all. And you like, just lay it all out there, and you're just like, this is what I need help with, and I have no idea what I'm doing, I just need somebody to give me some advice, somebody to give me some wisdom. You can notice this kind of wisdom before it even opens its mouth. This person gets ready to respond to you, gets ready to give you some advice, and it's like their posture, like you can notice in their posture, they suddenly become like, defensive. It's like they're squaring up their shoulders. They're like almost in attack mode and usually like a finger comes up, right? And they start with like, first of all, let me tell you, right? And you're like, ooh. So like, or, or it gets like really amped up and they're like, bro, 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 I know exactly what you need to do. Right? <laughs> usually this is the kind of wisdom that it starts with. It gets, it gets defensive, it gets attackative. It like is ready to go at it. It's like in the defense mode, and it's like, I'm gonna come out on top, I'm gonna be the best, I'm gonna show you exactly how to conquer this thing, no matter what happens, like, above everything else, above the harmony of the group, above anyone's feelings, like, I will show you how to be the best. Like, what? Let's look at it, let's look at it closer. First of all, it says, it contains bitter jealousy 
and selfish ambition. Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. These are words that they actually use to describe politicians who are fighting for public like approval and public office. It's like it's a rivalry. It's a, a fight of a reputation. It's the kind of like competitiveness that will drag your neighbor's reputation through the mud just so that you look better. It's it's a competitive nature. It's constant conflict with others in order to be on top. Man, how tightly do you hold your reputation? Or how do you respond when other people get recognized for things that you thought you were also good at? This kind of bitter jealousy and selfish ambition puts us in constant competition and conflict with those around us. But also, the reason why this wisdom looks like wisdom is because it's super confident, right? It like boasts in its wisdom. It's like, bro, I know exactly what you need to do. Like, you have to, like, they're so convinced that they know what the wisest thing to do is right now, that they have the right answer for you, and they are so consumed by what they think they know that they're blind to the fact that they don't even know the truth. They're boasting in this wisdom that is not helpful. I mean, have you ever had somebody who was, like, dead convinced that they knew something, but you also know that subject, and you're like, they're completely wrong. Like, literally everything that they're saying is wrong. I had a friend who just loved to argue with everybody around them, and you could be like, man, the sky is blue, and they'd be like, well, actually. You're like, who are you? <laughs> you know, like, they have to like, sound like the expert on things, even though they know nothing. So it's boastful. Um, but here's another interesting thing. Again, James, like holding back no punches, just names it right out. He says it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Like, what? Is it really that bad, James? Is it really that bad? This is a kind of wisdom that cannot see past tomorrow, it can't see past the future. It's the kind of wisdom that even the wisest man in all of human history was depressed about. There's a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. And it's a, we have a fan of Ecclesiastes over there. It's all of like the artsy soul people that are like, yes, everything is meaningless. Um, I apologize if that's not you. Um, the Ecclesiastes is written by a man named King Solomon. And Solomon was known to be the wisest man in human history. He literally spent all day just sitting and thinking about all the things. Literally all the things. He just thought about everything. And he said, man, when I pause to consider these things, like, it's a wearisome task. It exhausts me because everything is meaningless. Everything fades. Everything ends. This is what Ecclesiastes calls life under the sun. Life here on this earth today that can only see what you can I, and I can see, which is like this second and the next second and the next second. It's stunted in its sight and it's depressing because you realize that when your view is smaller than eternity, everything fades, nothing lasts, 
all of our efforts come to nothing. And so Solomon's greatest piece of wisdom to the world was, dude, just eat and drink and be merry because literally your life doesn't matter. This is earthly wisdom. This is wisdom without an eternal perspective. Like, don't you want the wisdom, the advice that you get to have a little bit of the future in mind? Like, those of you planning for college or trying to figure out what to do with your life, you want advice from something that can see a little bit farther than today. You want something that has a further perspective, something that is spiritual, eternal, not earthly. But lastly, to sum up all of what this wisdom is like, it says there's disorder in every file practice. It's just chaos. <laughs> there is no order. It's, it's a frenzy of things, of people just doing what they think is right in this moment, and this wisdom is no wisdom at all. So how do you know if the wisdom you've received or that you've given is this kind of wisdom? Here's some checkpoints for you. If your wisdom steps on another's reputation so that you can come out on top, it's probably worldly wisdom. If your wisdom or advice creates greater division and conflict, it's probably worldly wisdom. If your wisdom puts you in competition or rivalry with others, it's probably worldly wisdom. If your wisdom is certain that it is the best and nothing else is better, and there's no other way. It's probably worldly wisdom. If your wisdom doesn't have eternity in mind, it's probably worldly wisdom. And so you get ready, you share all that's on your heart that you want advice for, and this is what comes back to you. You're probably like, man, if none of these things on this list, you know, like disorder and every vile practice, if you're like, hmm, I don't really want that in my life, it's time to look for a different kind of wisdom. Luckily, James isn't done yet. We still have more verses to go through. So let's check out the other kind of wisdom. So worldly wisdom wages war. And here's our second kind of wisdom. He says, but the wisdom from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So worldly wisdom wages war, but godly wisdom yields peace. It results in peace. It brings peace. It harvests peace. And just like we see that worldly wisdom isn't good by the results that it produces, the same is here. The outcome of this wisdom is shown in its goodness. But the thing is, is this wisdom is not like flashy. It's not attractive. Like it doesn't really look good. Actually, it looks pretty lame at first. Um, but then you find out that it lasts longer than anything else. You know, we talked about how you can identify like worldly wisdom by its immediate like defensive posture. It's like, let me tell you what you need to know. This wisdom has a totally different type of posture. It's a posture actually that reminds me of any time I try to go get advice from my dad. It takes a lot of patience 
takes a lot of patience because he doesn't give me the answer I'm looking for right away. You know, it's like you, you share it all out, you pour all your heart out, you're like, <sighs> like, there it is, man. What do you think? What do you think I should do? And the whole time it's, it's just looking at you like quietly, taking in everything you have to say. You know, make sure it's not missing anything that you said. It's like, oh, well, what did you mean by this? Or, like, clarify this for me. Or, like, I heard you say this. Is that what you meant with this? It listens. It makes sure it's, it gets all of it. You know, you come to it, like, frantic. You're like, my life! Ah! And it doesn't freak out with you. It's, like, stable. It's unfazed. It's like, hmm, see, you're freaking out right now. It's going to be Okay. <laughs> Right? It's, it's calm. It's stable. There's a confidence to it. It hears you. And oftentimes, once you're done talking, it just sits and remains silent and stares at you. And you're like, can you hurry this up, please? Because I'd like to fix my problems now. <laughs> and it just silently stares at you. And you notice when it begins to open its mouth not an abrasive attack, but this gentle posture. Maybe it says something like, man, I hear what you're saying. Here's some observations I've had about life. And it gives you the truth gently. It speaks sometimes slowly and sometimes quietly. And man, it is often not the kind of wisdom that we want to hear. It is the wisdom that is hardest to hear, because the worldly wisdom is what I want to hear. Like, I need the vindicative, like, I need the, like, when I need somebody in my corner, like, I know who I'm going to go to, like, you, like, uh, let me tell you what happened here. And they're like, girl, like, you should totally do this. I'm like, I know, right? Like, you want someone who's, like, in your corner, who's going to fight for you, who's going to get, like, aggressive and defensive with you. Like, you want someone who's on your team. This kind of wisdom is not the kind of wisdom that we often want. It requires patience. It requires quiet. It requires what James has already talked to us about. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Quick to listen. It's a truth that we need, but is often hardest to hear. But let's look at the results of this wisdom. Because when we compare the two, hopefully you'll figure out the ones that we should want. <laughs> he says, but the wisdom from above is first pure. This wisdom doesn't have to fight for its reputation. It doesn't have to get defensive because it has nothing to defend. It has no reputation to fight for. It's blameless. There are no questionable motives or gray areas. There's no advice that it's giving that it's like, well, that's a little bit sketchy, but okay. Right? Everything can be out in the open because it's pure. It's blameless. They don't have to fight to be heard or fight to clear their reputation. It's pure. On top of that, it's peaceable and gentle. It doesn't have to be in conflict with those around them. It has nothing to prove. It doesn't have to prove that it's better than other people. It's not abrasive or in your face. It brings the truth with care. It creates peace in an environment rather than conflict. And the reason why it's, it's peace, peaceable, is because this wisdom has a trust in God 
that leads to freedom from the anxious self-promotion that we feel. It doesn't need to try to come out on top. It has nothing to prove. It's open to reason. Open to reason literally means like willing to yield. Like it's not so stubborn that it can't hear other ideas. It's not set on its ways. It's not like this is the only way. There's no other way. It's like willing to have a dialogue, a conversation with even people who disagree completely with them. It's open to hearing. It's open to reason. It's open to, to gaining more truth and listening to others. It results in good fruits because it's full of mercy. Rather than getting even, rather than getting justice, rather than getting vindication, it shows mercy like Christ did for the sinner. And it results in a lot of goodness. It's impartial and sincere. This means that it's like genuine. Like it doesn't treat different people differently and it's not different around different people. Like, this is someone who treats everybody with the same goodness, with the same mercy, with the same respect, that no matter what room they're in, no matter who they're with, they have the same amount of goodness and purity. They live the same. They live genuinely. They're not hypocrites. They're stable in who they are. And the most beautiful piece about this wisdom is what it produces. This is a harvest of righteousness, is sown in peace by those who make peace. What comes from this kind of wisdom is righteousness. Like right living, the right thing, good things. And unlike the worldly wisdom where it's like abrasive, it's in your face, it gives it to you now, I'm like, I need a solution today! It's like there. Like sowing things, like seed planting, is a very slow process. You know, like, he has, like, peace seeds. He's, like, sowing seeds of peace. Like, all right, I'm going to get my answer in, like, five minutes. That's not how it works. (laughs) It needs time to grow and time to cultivate. But as he sows in peace and washes patiently, it reaps righteousness. It it, It reaps a harvest of righteousness. Like, this is the kind of wisdom that ultimately, like, as we're facing this situation, this problem, this thing we need advice and help with, like, this is the kind of result we want. We want the right thing to happen. And sometimes we have to lean in to the wisdom that's hardest to hear. So worldly wisdom wages wars. It's fast, hot, abrasive conflict. Godly wisdom yields peace. It has an eternal perspective. It's not worried about time. It's not worried about its reputation. And James is asking us, he's calling us to follow the wisdom that walks the way of peace. What is worth following? What advice is worth taking? Ones that move forward in peace and result in righteousness. Follow the wisdom that walks the way of peace. Now I hear you, like, I'm hearing you in my head right now. You're like, she can hear what I'm thinking. Yes, you're thinking about pizza. 
I, I hear, I hear the arguments to this, right? When I look at these two types of wisdom, my first thought is like, is this kind of wisdom even a reality that is possible for human beings? Because like really, to be completely blameless, to be completely blameless in the sense that like, like people falsely accuse people all the time. What do you mean I don't have to fight like for my reputation? What if I'm falsely accused of something? Shouldn't I wanna like show myself blameless? Shouldn't I wanna like fight for that? Like, what if peace is actually not what's, like, required right now? Like, aren't there things worth fighting for? Like, aren't there things, like, worth going to battle for? Like, truth and things that we care about. Like, what about when I do have to defend myself, when I am being accused, when I am being ridiculed? Like, shouldn't I be able to defend myself? You're telling me to sit back and have mercy and sow peace and sing kumbaya as if, like, nothing is, like, wrong? Like, I'm supposed to be open-minded, open to reason, willing to yield. Like, don't we hold the truth? Like, why should we be willing to yield on anything, you know? What if I'm right? Do I still yield? Aren't there things worth defending? I mean, on top of all that, when I look at these two things, I'm like, I prefer worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom seems to get more done. <laughs> It seems to have more justice. It seems to have a little more passion and fire behind it. This way of like peaceful wisdom, I don't know. I feel it. I feel that war inside of me. I feel that in my flesh. That like, I don't know. I don't know if godly wisdom is attainable for me. But James is clear. He's saying worldly wisdom wages wars and godly wisdom produces peace. And do wars ever truly result in peace? Can you prove to me that this godly wisdom is worth it? That it's worth my, me following it, that it does bring peace. And there's only one person that I know who follows this wisdom completely perfectly. There's only one person I know who has lived it, who did it perfectly. So let's look at his outcome and see if he's worth following. First Peter chapter 2, a letter written to people who are suffering for being Christians. Peter tells them about Jesus. He says, Jesus committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he continued entrusting himself to him, to God, who judges justly. He, Jesus, himself, for our sins on his body, on the tree, on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Jesus was completely blameless. He was pure. He was blameless. And yet they did drag his name through the mud. They did slander his reputation. 
He was beaten. He was violently injured in so many ways, and yet he did not respond in violence. Rather, he trusted God to hold his life and to bring perfect justice. More than that, all of the vileness that we, that we do, all of the conflict and the hate and the competition and the vengeance that we have towards one another, he himself bore our sin on his body. Not only was he blameless, but he took all of the blame that I deserve and put it on himself so that he could take my sins, your sins, to the cross and kill them with him. And with his life, he reaped a harvest of righteousness. He reaped a harvest of righteousness, your righteousness and mine. Man, Jesus purchased righteousness for all of time. Like thousands of years ago, he followed wisdom to his final hour. And for generation after generation after generation, he has been reaping righteousness and the sons and daughters of God who call on the name of Jesus. There are generations of us who would say, not I, but you who reap this righteousness in me. And it's because of what Jesus has done that we can even try to follow the way of, of godly wisdom, that he has purchased righteousness for us, that I can, I can say no to competitiveness, to jealousy, to rivalry, to anger, to all these things. I can say no to that because Jesus killed my sin and I can say yes to peace and mercy and goodness and righteousness. And though I stumble, he brings the righteousness. Like we can follow wisdom that walks away with peace because we can follow Jesus. He's made it possible for us to follow him. Talk about a wisdom that lasts a bit longer than today. It's an eternal righteousness. And as we follow Jesus, we follow the wisdom that walks the way of peace. And we pray that the Lord would continue to reap righteousness in my life, in our life, in this community together. So as you think about, again, as you think about this issue that you're bringing to the person that you need advice from, you know, this big issue that you're just like spilling your guts at somebody, imagine the next time you do that, that you're like spilling your guts to Jesus. How would Jesus give you advice in that moment? His word is a great place to start. <laughs> Figure that out. Talking with him. When other people come to you and ask you for advice and begin spilling out their lives and is asking you for wisdom, imagine how would Jesus respond to them? That gives us wisdom from the Lord to give to others. We follow Jesus and we follow wisdom that walks the way of peace. 
uh, here in just a moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. We're gonna sing one more song. Uh, and then, speaking of wisdom, we have some people in this room who like really love Jesus and have followed the way of wisdom, have sometimes messed up <laughs> and learned wisdom from the ways that we didn't follow. And we are, we're here, your small group leaders are here um, to work these things out with you. So after I pray, after we sing, uh, Noah and I are going to come back up, give you some instructions on how we're going to do small groups um, and how we can live this kind of wisdom that the Lord gives us. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you uh, did not keep the storehouses of life and wisdom hidden from us. Um, God, but you gave it to us. You poured it out um, in your word. More importantly, through your son that you gave us. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. God, we thank you that he did live the righteous life, God, that he did live the way of wisdom, God, so that we might be the, the reaping of the righteousness that he brings. God, we thank you that Jesus bore our sins on his body so that we might be righteous and live to righteousness. God, and I pray um, for my brothers and sisters in this room, God, for myself, God, would you continue to just chisel out the, the things in our heart that looks like worldly wisdom, to chisel out the selfish ambition and the rivalry and the competition and uh, the, the earthliness of our vision. God, would you chisel these things out of our heart? And God, would you give us your vision? God, would you help us to see with an eternal perspective. God, would you help us to see the value of peace and mercy and goodness and forgiveness. And Lord, may you continue the work of Jesus as you reap righteousness in my life, in our life, in this community, in our city, Lord. God, may we be a place people come, they see that we don't tell them what we think, but we tell them what you think. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. Would you continue to guide us through this night?